This is a Village Soundcast Network original production. Hi there. Welcome to FinCast. This is the official podcast of Finn Atlantic International Film Festival. My name is Wayne Carter. I'm the executive director at Finn. And I'm Emily Orr. I'm one of the programmers here. And this four-part podcast series gives you an inside look at Finn 2019. FinCast is produced by the Village Soundcast Network. Okay, Emily. All right. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, we had our we had our program launch uh, on mm-hmm. what was it the fourteenth of August? Was it the fourteenth? Yeah, it seems so like long it was. Ago. Yeah, but it wasn't. <laughs> I know. Uh, you know, so we always sort of jokingly say that is when the train leaves the station <laughs> yeah. because you know after we've sort of announced things, we can't really change a whole heck of a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, um, uh, you've been with us now for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. So uh, when you got here. Yes. What was the thing that you were um, the most surprised by the level of detail and sort of hands-on you had to do? Honestly, a lot of it. Um, so I have I have kind of two roles in the festival. Um, when I first get here, I start uh, as a programmer, essentially. So uh, what we do is kind of come in. Uh, there are submissions that start, I believe, in November, uh, and they go all the way up into late June, I believe, was our last and final deadline. Uh, It's basically sitting down and watching with another, a couple of other programmers and watching through content, um, watching through short films that are presented, watching through feature length films and documentaries, and just kind of giving our opinion. Um, And then if there's something that I'm really passionate about or something that kind of really affects me. I give it to another programmer. They watch it as well, just so we have a couple set of eyes on it. And then we kind of start piecing the program together. There are, I think there was upwards of at least 1,600 films that we went through this year. It's incredible. <laughs> it's well, a blur. <laughs> well, and, 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 you know, when you say that, that's, mm-hmm. you know, we... At the festival, our our bona fide mission statement on our mm-hmm. strategic plan is, you know, we are Atlantic Canada's curator of epic and unforgettable stories. Oh, and yeah. as lofty as that sounds, the real key word there is curator, because mm-hmm. I think, you know, when people start to think about festivals, sometimes they don't really think of what a festival does. Yeah. And that first and foremost, you know, beyond all the events that we put on and we actually curate a program. Mm -hmm. And that's where the programming department, uh, you know, uh, deserves major props. Because if you watch 1600 or 1700 films (laughs) and you have to distill it down to, you know, 200 or less sort of thing, Mm -hmm. that includes short films. um, It has to sort of come together as some kind of a program. It has to have um, an overarching feel Mm -hmm. and, and, and a bit of a message. I mean, it's a little bit different if your festival is very specific. Mm -hmm. So when I think of a festival like the one in Montreal called Fantasia, they show sci-fi and horror and genre stuff, and that's all they show. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, you're not going to go there and and see a a documentary about, like the one you talked about in the last episode, about, you know, fake (laughs) art. Uh, Instead, you're going to see vampires, werewolves, and and God knows what else. (laughs) But their job, and I I mean no disrespect to them, I think their job of curating is a little bit easier Mm -hmm. because the pool Mm -hmm. is 
smaller. Exactly. But when it's an open festival like we are, where you know we have features, we have documentaries, we have short films, we have foreign language, we have local, we have regional, we have Canadian, mm-hmm. to be able to d- distill all of that content down into a cohesive program. Uh, and you know, we hear a lot of times people go, uh, our, our real sort of you know cine- cinephile avid festival goers <laughs> go, oh, there's too much for me to see. I can't see all of it. That's, that's good. We thing. like yeah, hearing that's that. A great thing. They don't like saying it, but we yeah. like hearing it. Uh, but the reality is the the process of distilling all of that down. Mm-hmm. Talk a little bit about that. I was going to say, um, just on a grander scale, as far as uh, programming a day, for example, it's really important to kind of give something for everyone, which is really interesting. Like a lot of a lot of the times, we'll have like a, a genre or a horror film that's going to be playing. Uh, at one time and then it's going to be playing in another theater there's going to be like a family drama that are not necessarily going to be the same audience which is really good so if you kind of show up on the day it's it's kind of a thrill ride to go from one to another to another and not necessarily have any conflicting films, which is also really good uh, on kind of a smaller scale, um, which is something I specifically do uh, is the short film programs. So kind of composing a short film program is a bit like composing a song or a movie. You kind of have to match the tone sometimes and you kind of have to to uh, really gather a theme, but also rules are meant to be broken. So there's always surprises in there as well. Mm. Uh, but it's really it's really interesting um, when you watch that many films, also uh, looking at the similar themes that come up every year. I know last year, uh, a big one was drone shots, which are really... <laughs> <laughs> which is a festival so somewhere. Exactly. <laughs> the exactly. drone festival. <laughs> I think it was a, a combination of things. It's been used a lot more. It's also a little bit more accessible. Uh, and it's a really great way to kind of bring a bigger scale to a, to a, a, a smaller story and just kind of bring it a bigger scope. Um, but yeah, that was the big thing last year. This year, I find uh, there's a lot more handheld um camera action, which is actually really, really quite interesting too. It kind of brings it back to basics. So hmm. that's a really, it's really f- quite fun and uh, educational just watching that many films all in a row too. Well, I know, I know one of the, one of the things also is, you know, there's, there's always, um, I would think in a, in a program, like in a programming team, a group mm-hmm. of people, there's always going to be people who like something and people who didn't. Absolutely. But you know, there was, uh, I think we had a very interesting experience this yeah. year because uh, I'm going to jump over a little bit and talk yeah. about opening night. Absolutely. Because uh, I remember Whew. when, uh, you know, when Jason, our program director, gave me the film, he said, you need to watch this. I don't really want to say anything about it. Let's mm-hmm. talk about it tomorrow. And so I went home and I watched Murmur, yes. Heather Young's debut feature, which is going to be Goose our films. opening night film. <laughs> and and I remember coming yeah. back in the next day and I remember being with all of you and saying, I am absolutely gobsmacked mm-hmm. at how good this film mm-hmm. is. It's incredible. And I didn't know what your response was going to be. And then <laughs> the entire programming team sort of all broke in into a, yes, we agree, this movie's incredible. Yeah. And this was before we had decided it was going to be opener. Mm-hmm. You know, we had just, it had been submitted to us and it was one of the regional features this year. And it's sort of 
through, I think, everybody for a loop, which I guess, you know, is a surprise and not a surprise. Look, mm-hmm. Heather Young has had short films in the festival before, yeah. and they have all stood out. Mm-hmm. She is obviously a woman who, right from the beginning, has had um, what I'll call unusual talent. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. She's a natural. She has her uh, own voice. But mm-hmm. you know what? A lot of times, uh, you know, people have, have great luck telling a seven-minute story, but to tell a 86- or 90-minute yes. story is another whole thing. Absolutely. Um I, I have to say that uh, in my years here at the festival, I've been, this is my eighth festival, uh, watching Murmur uh, was one of, has been one of the high points of my time here only because, um, look, I'll be completely honest, this film dealt with subject matter that I'm not that close to. I'm not a real animal lover yeah. and I'm not a real dog person. Mm-hmm. And you know what? I found myself halfway through this film completely immersed in the plight of the, the, the lead character, the female email the woman that's in it um, of this um, incredibly uh, so sort of uh, and I mean no disrespect mm-hmm. to the dog. So ugly, he's cute kind of dog, <laughs> know. you know, because he's just, he's really broken oh, in so many ways. And you just want to go, oh, you poor thing. Uh, and, you know, and I just, I, every moment of the film, I didn't know where it was going to go next. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I did not, uh, I did not anticipate where it was going to go. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, as I, uh, as we talked to Heather and I found out sort of background, mm-hmm. I can't believe most of, most of these people, and that, in particular the lead, are non-actors. I know. This woman is on That's screen fantastic. virtually every frame of this film. <laughs> and a lot of the time the camera is lingering on her face and people are talking at her from off camera. Yep. So you're not seeing them, you're seeing her and her reaction. This mm-hmm. woman says more with a single glance than a lot of actors Absolutely. do with 10 pages of dialogue. <laughs> I, I don't know what Heather did to get the performance from this woman out of the out of this woman, but it was absolutely transcendent. It's it's absolutely absolutely right. And it, the interesting part is how little dialogue is in this film, as you were saying, because it's just she's so natural, especially with the animals. She's you like you feel this empathy for her because she's projecting all of her all of her emotions onto these animals, and it's just it's oh it's. It, again, goosebumps. When we the whole programming team watched it, we just kind of normally when when we finish a film because we usually get together every week and watch a film together. Uh, normally, we have a lot to say right after the film, um, good, bad, everything. Um, but this one, we were in silence for at least a minute, just kind of looking at each other, being like. This is incredible. I actually felt incredibly proud for Heather mm. too. It oh, was just, absolutely! I, I fe- we felt ownership over her because she's part of the Atlantic provinces, and yes. we're oh, it was it was amazing. Yeah, we need to keep her here. We, yeah, can't, exactly. we can't let Hollywood steal her. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, look, I, I agree, and the and the mm-hmm. fact that uh, you know, I I mean, I'm excited that we're opening with a debut feature that is uh, written Absolutely. and directed by a woman, uh, is produced by a woman, Martha mm-hmm. Cooley from Afcoop. Yeah, uh, you know, she's the producer. Um, the lead character is a woman. It's a story of a woman. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's and involves a lot of other women in her life. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is very much a female perspective film. Absolutely, you know, that tackles a lot of very very interesting sort of dilemmas and questions and um, yeah, boy, the emotion in this film is just raw. 
You know, it, when when uh, Jason and I sat down with uh, with Heather and Martha mm-hmm. to discuss with them that we, you know, we were really interested in inviting it as the opening night film, uh, they were they were su- they were surprised. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, and and <laughs> but we we were you know again we were being completely sincere. We're blown away by this film. Absolutely. Yeah. And at that time, um, they had submitted to TIFF, but they had not mm-hmm. be- heard anything back. Mm-hmm. And several other Canadian films had been announced for TIFF, and Heather was like, "Well." We haven't heard from Tiff, and we don't really know what's happening. And and you know, Jason and I were both sort of sitting on the other side of the table, going, "Look, if you haven't heard from Tiff, it's because yeah. they haven't quite figured out where they want to put your very special film." Exactly. Trust me, you exactly. are going to yeah. Tiff. Yeah. So obviously, she's going to Tiff. She's in yeah. Tiff's opening weekend, mm-hmm. and she's part of. Is it? Discovery, I think, yes. is the, the yeah. name of the program mm-hmm. that she's in. Look, I'm convinced. You know, we have uh, we have Murmur Thursday night, and I think Heather is going to be going back to Toronto on Saturday to TIFF. I, think so. I I would put money on this film winning best first feature, and I think it's a contender for best Canadian feature at TIFF this I year. I absolutely agree. You know, she she is going to go around the world with this film. Yeah. This film yeah. is going to be a scene motion picture because it's it's special in a whole lot of ways. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we should, you know, opening is always a big deal. And, mm-hmm. you know, and then there's the event that goes with it. This year we're at the Wag Waltic. Uh, that's a that's like a sports club that's down on, on the water, mm-hmm. uh, just at the very end of Coburg Street. It's a really cool place. And we wanted, we always try and do our opening night party in a different place every year mm-hmm. because we know a lot of our, our audience come back year after yeah. year after year. So we like to have the celebration in a different space to give people a different feel and let them have a different experience. Mm-hmm. So we're always looking for unique and unusual places we've never been to the Wagwaltic before and again it's it's literally right on the banks of the mm-hmm. uh, I guess it's the arm right it's, yep. it's on yep. the arm yeah so uh, really really cool spot I'm mm-hmm. looking forward to that the party's going to take place in multiple buildings yeah uh, and I'm working with uh, I'm working with some outside um what I'll call partners mm-hmm. to do some unique and unusual activations at the party because that's another thing we again we like to um I mean, we'll have a Jaguar there. Yeah. <laughs> Not a real Jaguar. We will have a car. A very because, nice car. you know, yes, our, you know, uh, our friends at uh, Jaguar Land Rover are our ma- major partners of ours yeah. and they actually sponsor our opening night. So, but beyond that, I don't know if we can have animals there because I think it would be very traumatic for them, but I'm trying There's to figure out. There's a lot of out, pools there. Yeah, <laughs> well, I'm trying, to, I'm trying to figure out how we can still, um, and I don't want to give a whole lot away about the film, but the film involves, mm-hmm. you know, animal shelters and uh, mm-hmm. rescues and that sort of thing. So we're working diligently on trying to figure out how we can maybe help out some of those folks in the mm-hmm. city by raising awareness for them and maybe getting donations or whatever the heck we can do for them. But mm-hmm. uh, we're working on doing that. So, you know, so, I mean, beyond just programming the film and opening night, but there's also this big party and it's a big party. I mean, we usually have between a thousand and twelve hundred people, which mm-hmm. that's a big party. Yeah. That's, you know, that's a that's a Kanye yeah. West size exactly. wedding party, you know, say. so uh, yeah. yeah, so uh, it's a big party to put on and we have to do it in a short period of time. And mm-hmm. unfortunately for our operations folks, they're up till four in the morning and then they're back up again at six in the morning, getting the yeah. next day's things ready. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I don't think I don't think our special events team get all the props they deserve because they're very much behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. But man, once the film festival starts, they just never stop. Yeah. Because anywhere that anything is going on uh, outside of it being a film, mm-hmm. they are involved. They are, you know, working with our partnership team to make sure partners are recognized properly. They're making sure that the bars are set up and the food mm-hmm. is there and the music is there and that, you know, it's accessible and there, there's just uh, so <laughs> many things they have to 
think about. Yeah, so I'm giving cold. huge props <laughs> to our special events team. And, you know, um, you know, I guess we should talk a little bit about closing. Yeah. You know, we talked about opening. <laughs> and, you know, one of the things that I've been, I've been talking about a film festival and ours in particular this mm-hmm. year is a real trip around the world. Mm-hmm. So we're opening in uh, Halifax, Nova Scotia. <laughs> well, actually, I think the shelter's in Dartmouth, but we'll say it's HRM. Close, close. And, you know, all throughout eight days, we're going to go completely around the world. Films from everywhere, which <laughs> yep. we're going to talk about in another episode. <laughs> but we're going to end up back in Yarmouth and Cape Verdeux for the Lighthouse. <laughs> now, I, 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 I know you didn't. I know you didn't get a chance to see the lighthouse, but mm-hmm. I, I did. And again, I, I love to regale stories of my my I'm, all I'm the, so the, the trials and tribulations <laughs> I have. Uh, again, I was in Cannes. Yep. <laughs> I just have to keep dropping that. Keep, keep. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. Uh, so, and as you know, it mm-hmm. was part of the director's fortnight uh, at, at Cannes, and it had its world premiere there. Mm-hmm. And I was desperate to see it because I thought, well, I need to know, I need to see this film to see how it's going to fit into this year's yeah. Atlantic International Film Festival. Mm-hmm. So I. I literally and and again oh poor me poor me well whatever I I went to bed really late yeah. uh yeah on Saturday night and I got up it was Sunday morning the yep. screening was at 8:45 I got up in at the f- morning yeah, it was the first one that's, uh, fair. that's uh, fair their regular sort of premiere screening was at 6 p.m. that uh, night okay. gotcha. but they do an early one because they allow the press to see it early so they can write up their reviews yeah so I got up at 5 a.m. <laughs> and I went and lined up at the cinema at 5:30 and I I was the first person Amazing. in my line. Amazing. That's key to note okay. because there are multiple lines. Okay. And, you know, I'm in the pass holder line and that's not the line that gets to go in first. No. Not even the line that gets to go in second. Sometimes not the line that gets to go in third. <laughs> so you sit there after having stood there for several hours going, I don't even know if I'm going to get into this. And it did happen to me previous year where I lined up for a few hours and didn't get into something. Anyway, mm-hmm. I was first in line, in my line, and it was pouring rain. And I stood there until, I guess it was quarter after eight. So I did get in. I got a really good seat. Mm-hmm. And um, I was uh, very, very excited because I'm a big <laughs> Robert Eggers fan. If, As am I. If you can say you're a Robert Eggers fan when he's only made one bloody movie. Yeah. You know, so everybody has one good movie in them. Yeah. So we were all sitting there going, all right, Robert Eggers. You had one yeah. good one in you. Have you got two? <laughs> yeah. And you know, I I have to say, and and again, I'm I'm speaking of having seen this film, Robert Eggers, um, and of course Ari Aster, who's done Hereditary and Midsummer. Mm-hmm. They're two directors that are working for a studio called A24. Mm-hmm. And I am a genre guy. I love horror. I mm-hmm. you know the extreme program at the festival is my baby, which we'll talk about in another episode. Uh, but the lighthouse. Um, to go from the witch to the lighthouse, Robert Eggers is not doing something dramatically different. Right, right. right? Mm-hmm. They're, they're period pieces. Um, he works with his brother on mm-hmm. the script. They've done enormous research on the time, uh, right down to the dialogue, like in The Witch, because mm-hmm. in The Witch they speak like they're in the 16th century. Yep. Well, much to everyone's chagrin, in the lighthouse they all speak like the 1890s <laughs> in <laughs> northern Maine. Uh, Willem Dafoe, I don't know half of what he said. All I know is every time he was supposed to say, he said ye and and he kept saying why just spill your beans which is in the trailer um, so a lot of times I was going I don't know what he said but it sure was cool uh, they both sound both he and Robert Pattinson both sound like they they've stepped out of Moby Dick yeah. like that that's what they sound like the film was shot in black and white on 35, 35 millimeter mil, yeah. film it's done in the old ratio of I think it's 137 to 1 so it's it's practically a square yeah. uh, and and it looks like an old and I, I don't want to say silent movie because people have in their minds silent movies mm-hmm. have a real look. Yeah. It looks like old footage. Exactly. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Not a exactly. film, but it looks like old footage. <laughs> and yeah. then, uh, you know, um, 
it is as weird and bizarre and twisted <laughs> and dark and strange as The Witch is, mm-hmm. only maybe even more, more so, so yeah. because Willem Dafoe and Robert Pattinson are, are both forces in this film. <sighs> One of the reasons we put it in closing night is the festival's kind of become known uh, for our closing night slot mm-hmm. in the gala to be a, a, an, a, an awards bellwether. Absolutely. And look, do I think The Witch, or do I think The Lighthouse <laughs> is going to win Best Picture of the Year at the Oscars? No, no. bloody way. <laughs> no. It's too weird. Yeah. Uh, but the reality is, I do think Willem Dafoe, this may be his year. Yeah. I think Robert Pattinson is going to finally start getting some some respect that he deserves. Absolutely. You know, because I, I think people give him short shift. They haven't seen some of the other interesting alternative kind of indie stuff mm-hmm. he's been doing. Well, they're going to see this one. Yeah. Uh, but the thing that stuck with me the most when The Lighthouse was over was... That looked like it had to be the single most horrible, awful movie shoot in history. Nova Scotia film crews get an Academy Award for resiliency and putting up with absolutely (laughs) awful, awful conditions. The fact that they were out on Cape Forshoe in, I think it was February and March. Building that lighthouse. And (laughs) so much of this film takes place outside with that lighthouse in the background. And the rain and the wind is just pounding on especially on Robert Pattinson and I know he did an interview and they were they did a Q&A when the film was over and uh, he he said he really wanted to to punch Robert Eggers in the face I bet. very very hard on this one particular day because for most of the day all he did was walk across the rocks while while uh, Robert Eggers threw cold water at him uh, off camera and I I think I know the scene because he looks quite crazy Mm -hmm. in that scene Uh, the film is kind of like uh, the thing I've been saying is it's it's like if you put um Tarkovsky and Bergman in a blender (laughs) and then threw in David Lynch just for a little bit of seasoning because it gets weirdy David Lynchy at times Uh, but it is jaw-droppingly yeah. beautiful. It is truly one of the most stunningly beautiful films I have seen in so long. Um, I do think a lot of people are probably going to be alarmed yeah. Uh, yeah. because yeah. it's it's not family entertainment <laughs> no. by any stretch. No. Um, but I can't think of a more exciting film to be closing the film festival with this year. You know, we have our fingers crossed that maybe we'll get Robert Eggers here and mm-hmm. uh, Willem Dafoe and Robert Pattinson both had really, really good time in Nova Scotia. I was going to mention, I forgot to, to mention that I actually did see Willem Dafoe at the market. See? Yeah. And, and, and they, they've been very vocal about the good yeah. time they had. So we're hoping that maybe, uh, that, you know, I don't know about Robert Pattinson because I think he's going to be shooting the new Batman, Batman in mm-hmm. September. So if he gets to TIFF, they'll fly him in and then they'll fly him right back out again. But mm-hmm. we may get Willem Dafoe here and, uh, and, and it would be awesome to have Robert Eggers here because yeah. Robert Eggers is one of those directors that I think, uh, look, I'm an old man. I may not be talking <laughs> about him in 20 years, but you will certainly uh, yeah, be talking yeah. about him in 20 years. And I think people will be saying that, I think they will be throwing the word auteur at him. Absolutely. Uh, because yeah. he's obviously doing something much different than the majority of filmmakers mm-hmm. that are working. You know, and I guess with that note, we should probably sign off on this one. But I guess on our next FinCast, uh, we're going to dive into the program a little more. Talk yeah. about the different programs that we've got and uh, all the great stuff that's going to be happening. Mm-hmm. You have been listening to FinCast 2019, the official podcast of Finn Atlantic International Film Festival, produced by the Village Soundcast Network. On the next episode, we will discuss a little bit about what to expect during this year's festival, including overall programs and events. Thanks for listening.
This was a Village Soundcast Network original production. 